Hello, everyone, and welcome to Soccer Cards United episode 119. Uh, uh, finish the intro. Is that right? Yeah. This is the best soccer card podcast in the world. Yeah. And I'm here with my... I'm Enzo. And I'm here with my co-host slash host, Jason Flynn. Is that good? You gotta say hi, Jason. Hey, Jason. Hey, Enzo. Good to be here. Listen, Woo! you were hesitating. You were getting ready to get into it. And I said, yeah. I'm just going to take this one. And do you know what? It felt good. I just have good energy today. It felt good on both sides of the, the table. Did you like that? I just thought I'll sit here. Did I you can, need it? I can kind of collect my thoughts. A little bit. And now I feel ready to go. There you go. Um, We're in, people can't see, but we're in a newly kind of cleaned studio space. They can't see. They can only see the table looks a lot cleaner. They can see has all sorts of crazy shit on it. And they'll also see on the table, if they're watching it on YouTube, um, and for the listener, I can describe it. It's a hobby box of World Cup Prism. Very exciting. And if you're listening to this or watching this, you can also, you could pause this and go onto our YouTube because there is a box strip of this on, on YouTube, YouTube at the time that you could possibly be listening to this. So that's very exciting. I wonder what we have in there. This was a clap to stop the podcast momentarily. Oh. So we're back. Episode 119, Soccer Cards United. We were just talking about Prism. I take a sm- small break. Um, we're, talking about, we're going to open Prism, so if you're on YouTube or you're listening to this podcast, you can just go ahead and head over to YouTube and, and watch that opening. But we have a couple of other things to talk about as well. Um, the World Cup squads, loads of them have been announced uh, since we last spoke. And um, But I want to start with a, a listener-submitted question. Oh, I thought that was a review. No, no reviews uh, on this on today's episode. Uh, this is a question from a listener called Ricky. Okay. And Ricky's question is this. Hey guys, quick question. He says, quick question, but it's not that quick. I need a bit of advice. I'm thinking about grading and selling my Mbappe orange and green wave 2018 prism, number to 199. Okay. Uh, and I'm not sure whether to send it off and get a graded PSA myself and then stick it on eBay or send it to Golden, let them grade it and list it on their site. That's assuming they're listed on their site. I'm sure I bet a card has a certain value to be on Golden. Uh, what do you guys think get me the most money possible? How is it dealing with Golden from Europe? What's the process like? Do you think it's even a good time to sell? Uh, only about six months ago, they were selling for like 10 or 15K. They just don't seem to be near that now. I'm not sure it'll go back up. What should I do? So, first of all, that card, depending on what grade it gets, of course, will definitely it's definitely a card that can go on golden. Oh, it's hundred percent a golden card. Don't yeah. worry about that. Yeah. And um, would I recommend sending it to golden? No. Mm. And not out of, not out of spite. Not out of spite. Not out of any beef. Yeah. I would straight first and foremost, I would say just take the card, make sure it's clean, mm-hmm. send it to PSA. Right. That's step one. Yeah. Regardless of anything else you think, just get it graded by yourself. Get it graded by yourself. It's not that difficult. Yeah. Especially from Europe. It, it, it's really easy. Is he based in Ireland? Or am I... Is that just his name? I think that's just his name, but he... Like his, his it, IG. I think he's probably in the UK. Well, I was going to say just to send it to us, we'll ship it over. Um, You know, it's... it's. I would send it to PSA yourself. Um, and then once you get it back, you can make a call on it. Like if it's PSA 10, you have a totally different card than if it's PSA 9. Yeah. First of all. Um... Selling it raw, I don't think it's crazy as well. Like, if you think it's PSA 10, sell it, uh, grade it. Because there was a 199 that just sold recently. Yeah. And it was still multi-thousand card, so... That's what I was thinking. I was going to... It was a blue... Yeah, you were telling us about that on... Uh, um, on Monday show, I think. Yeah. That was on eBay, was it? Yeah. Um, 
so I can find it. You can find it there. Um, yeah, I mean it's tough. So people have when we were in London, there people were talking a lot about uh, different things with with grading and how difficult it is to send grades. And all. Oh, here it is. It was uh, thirteen thousand two hundred dollars. Yep, blue prism of one nine nine. You just got there before me. Um, I'd imagine the wave is harder to get a PSA ten of. To be fair, yep. Um, yeah, as you've saying, it did what well, between fifteen k and ten k, maybe. Yeah, so it looks like you're still in more or less that. Right now, the blue does have a color match element, and it was a ten. So obviously, there's a lot of things. Yeah, I'd get it graded first of all. I'd get it graded. I, I wouldn't be long term. The value should still kind of be there. Like it's not. It's Mbappe. You're you're fine. I think a lot of people are panicking about Mbappe, but he still has a big move in him, and he's still playing at a high high class level. So I would just get it. Send the PSA yourself, wait for it to come back, and then hit us up again. Tell us the outcome of the grade, and then there, there's moves to be made. Well, yeah, the, 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 there was a the second part of the question, which is like, what's the process like with Golden? I think we've covered that in a previous episode. Um, if you want to sell something with Golden, we, we, we submitted our stuff at the National. Yeah. So that was, like, that's a slightly different experience, but I suppose it's the same. You just post it to them. And then they fill out a form. Post it. Fill out a form. If you're not in the if you're in the US, you'll have to give them tax information. If you're not in the US, you'll have to give them uh, proof that you're not in the US. I think something yeah. like that. Um, so basically, it's it's fine. It's like it's it's you know it's not a big deal. There yeah, are fees. I in future, if I was selling something with with a golden, it would be something over ten k, over fifteen k. Right. I feel like high, e- high end. eBay can handle anything below. eBay that. can handle anything over that. Yeah. Under yep. that. Fair enough. Because, um, yeah, the whole idea of, of an auction house like Golden or like PwC or something is that you're trying to get in front of the buyers, the private buyers that aren't on eBay. Yeah, private, like, if you're someone who wants to spend 100 grand, not only do you know, know what you're looking for, you want a third-party company like an auction house to verify what you're buying is authentic yeah. and to give you guarantees that if there's any issues or anything, you know. It's like you're paying a premium like this, when they say buyer's premium, the whole idea is that the premium is the customer service. Yeah. That's what they're charging. You're feeling very, very comfortable yeah. with what you're doing. So if it's a 10 grand card, 15 grand, you can get away with that on eBay or a card show. Yep. Um, and then is now even a good time to sell? I mean, he said about six months ago, they were selling for about 10 to 15K. They don't seem to near that now. I mean, they are, they should be near that now, depending on assuming the grade is high enough. Um, is now a great time to sell? I mean, by the time you have it graded, if the advice is have it graded, then by the time you have it graded, things will be different. Yeah. You know, um, you've got obviously the World Cup coming up. You've got PSG playing Bayern Munich after Christmas. Because if you wanted to sell it raw, now is a good time to sell because I think everyone's just typed with Prism in general. Mm-hmm. That like I think we're going to see a lot of big Prism sales from this year's Prism and then people are going to be like, I want an Mbappe. Da, da, da. So if you're happy to sell raw, but if you think the condition is PSA 10, then you should definitely grade it. Yep. Um, agreed. So so let us know how you get on with that, Ricky, and, and best of luck. Um okay so speaking of prism prism came out on uh, the 9th of november that was yesterday and uh panini released it madness panini is a 429 usd on their website yes that was unexpected an unexpectedly good price from yeah panini. very good we were kind of talking about because pre-orders were up at like seven eight nine hundred at loads of different places um and then we were talking about where Panini going to price it. Obviously, we saw Mosaic go down. We saw National Treasures, National go, down. Treasures go down. And still be on the Panini website to this day, I think. So Panini, it remained to be seen whether or not they were going to actually listen to what was happening and, and like come to terms with what was happening um, by lowering the price a little bit, which they did. They came in sub $500, yeah. 
Yeah, which Good. is where we kind of were saying the box should be for sure. It was mad that we were even not to worry about that, but we, um, and yeah, and so you can get it. I'm sure, obviously, if you're buying from from Europe, you got your import charges, you got sales tax in loads of different places in yeah, America. If you're uh, your uh, what do you call it postage and all that stuff, but. A good base price, four hundred. Yeah, very good. You can see how close on the Bini website, how close that is to their launch price of World to the Road, nah, Road to the World Cup Mosaic, three fifty. There's like sixty euro difference. Yeah, which is like big props for Mosaic, but I think it's more so them saying we priced Mosaic wrong. Yeah, we got we got beaten up on Mosaic. We got beaten up on National Treasures. We're not, you know, like catch it because I think they would have loved to release Prism at a thousand. Definitely, they would. I really thought it was going to be between those two. The Mosaic and the National Treasures was going to be in between those. But I thought it would be a lot closer to National closer Treasures. to the center than to Mosaic. Yeah, but brilliant. The one thing we do know about Prism is that the print run is. I mean, we don't get pack odds, so you yeah. can't comprehend. Can't, can't calculate, but it, it is probably incomprehensibly high. I would imagine between so. retail, between we're gonna have breakaway, we're gonna have choice, we're gonna have blast, we're about, gonna have mega stuff. Uh, but we just have a hobby here in front of us, and um, yeah, we've seen some mangas come out. Yep, we've been seeing the national landmarks. We've been seeing. I haven't seen as many color wheels. No, they seem to be more rare. Um, people are getting the mangas and the national landmarks kind of once per case. They're getting them both coming out of a case. Okay. And then for Those are good cases, they are good cases. Yeah. And then for color wheel, that seems to be shorter print. Um, that should really be a color blast. I don't like to look at color wheel. No. Like, why would Panini have color blast in their arsenal of things? Mm. In Prism as well, like it's a Prism thing. And not have it in the World Cup. Like, why not just have it? Yeah, they seem to favor it in Obsidian in soccer. I think it's Obsidian that goes in. Yeah, but think, it, there's... Or Immaculate, Is it just maybe? Obsidian? I think it could maybe. just be Obsidian. But throw it in Prism. But do it. But do it. But just do it. Because, like, even Kaboom, like, what? what's that? That's in Prism. Yeah, where is that at the moment? That's in... They put that in Donruss, Road to the World Cup. Mmm. They're yeah, spreading maybe, them. They're maybe, trying to... maybe that. Maybe that, but... Because plainly, you always need to have a case... That their whole thing is, like, case hits. It's important. It is important. So they go, Road to the World Cup, Donruss, that's going to be Kabooms. Mosaic, that's going to be Stained Glass and Overdrive. Stained Glass, I think, is the case that Overdrive is more rare than that. Okay. Uh, National... And the Color Blast is for your Obsidian, okay. Yeah, but I mean... But it's World Cup. we'd forgive you on, in World Cup. We would say, we wouldn't blame you for breaking tradition. They said the Color Wheel, that's it. They, they really wanted to, and they said they couldn't. That's yeah. what that was. But like, they could. You could have. You could. Do anything you want. You do a lot of crazy shit. Yeah. So you get, what do you get, 24 packs or box? Or? No, 12 packs in a box with 12 cards in a box per pack. 12 packs? 144 cards in a box. Okay. There's 12 packs and there's 12 cards in each pack. You get one autograph. You're getting an autograph, which we've seen. There's some. If you'd like to hear our breakdown of the autograph checklist, go back and listen to a couple of episodes there's past. There's eight hobby exclusive prisms. Right. Six silver prisms. Yeah. 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 On average, on average... On average, so of course, we'll get some boxes with this. Some boxes I haven't seen anyone them. hit a maroon yet. Mm, short, 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 short print. I, I don't think there is any Arabic text cards the way there was uh, Cyrillic mm. uh, for 2018, but I kind of hope there is. Be good if there was. Hope there's a little secret. They don't mention it. There it is. Super short print. Yeah. A little Easter be, egg. Be foolish not to. Yeah. I think. Mm. Um. So we're excited to open that box. We can't really say much more. We've seen see, yeah. one of the one of ones get hit so far. Declan Rice, the Declan Black Rice, yes, yes. Tell you. And we got sent a very, very big card. An of ten gold prism Jude. 
Bellingham. Jude Bellingham, gold prism of 10. Officially going to the World Cup, but we'll get into that. Unbelievable. Um, Jason, how do you feel, though? I'm, I'm yeah. very excited to open this box. For all the grief we gave the checklist. Yeah. World Cup prism. There's only been two sets of it released ever. 2014, 2018. Those prices are crazy. I really want to open it. I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited to open it. I think World Cup Prism has... It's almost like I've been thinking about it for so long mm. that I can't quite believe it's here. You know? I can't believe that it's been released and we were able to get access to it in Europe. And not only that, we were able to get enough access to it that we have some boxes listed on SoccerUnited.com. And enough to open one. Wow. Now, we might get wrecked on this box. Oh, I think that one... That's, so that's, that's the thing. More All or less people understand. Autograph checklist, very sketchy. Print run very high, so hard to get them low numbers. So I, yeah. I fully expect to get wrecked on this box, but there's part, there's it's that. I, I don't know, that's it. Like you could get wrecked on it, or you could hit something huge. Well, I think because I can I ask, do you know if the manga, the mangas, do they come in numbered as well? Can it be like a gold manga of ten? Do we know? I don't, I don't know. You don't know that. I, don't to be true. So, I hope I there know. is. Because Nash was there for that national landmarks. I don't, th- I don't know. I hope there is. It'd be foolish not to again. Like why would you know? Yeah, I don't know why you wouldn't. Yeah, why would you not? That, I well, it could I, be like the uh, like the Topps Renaissance thing where there was like there was one parallel. There was the base, and there was red ones. Yeah, I I feel like I've seen a national landmarks parallel before, but I might just be dreaming. It could just be that could be the stuff of dreams. But like, it would make no sense not to. Unless yeah. I think it takes away from. No, yeah. no, national national landmarks prism mojos to twenty five. Okay, that's from twenty eighteen. So but yeah, the, but is there other? Darren 25. Once I click a few chocolate cakes, I'll let you know. Um, Verify. I did it. You got the chocolate cakes? Yeah, I did it very well. Oh, no, look. What's this? Say what you like about Enzo, but he can identify chocolate cakes like nobody else. I don't know what website I'm on. These, these, oh, yeah, we've seen these before. Come on. Let me have a look. Yeah, they're all the mojos. Yeah, but they're last landmark mojos. But I, I don't think, I think it might just, just be off 25. Like the, like the, the Renaissance. Yeah, maybe. Still a bit strange, but... I was going to say about getting wrecked on World Cup Prism. Um, I think it's when we were on Sports Card Nonsense that I was saying, like, the thing about World Cup Prism getting wrecked on it is, like, it's not like getting wrecked on Premier League Prism or getting wrecked on Topps Chrome, where it's like, I have, I expect to get wrecked at least once a year on, like, on this product. It's World Cup Prism. There is an element of, I believe, there's an element of, well, it's every four years. It's a special occasion. You're opening it kind of more as a part of your entertainment of the World Cup than anything else with like a kind of financial hat on. If you hit something great, if you don't, it's almost like a rite of passage. It's like how people spend too much money on gifts at Christmas because it's Christmas. It's the World Cup. Yeah. The Christmas of football. Right. Yes. National Landmarks in 2018. Okay. Had standard cards. Yeah. Prism Mojos to 25. Right. Prism Gold Power Parallel to 5. Yeah. And a prism scope parallel to one. Mm-mm-mm. Let me look at what them prism scope parallels look like. I've never seen one. Oh, they look a bit stupid. So, oh, no. whoa, 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 whoa. If you know about this stuff, uh, do feel free to message us because we'd love to know. Uh, assuming we don't hit a uh, one of one manga. This is going to look terrible. In our hobby box. Give me give me the cardboard connections. Um. So, I'll tell you what it says on the box. I'll just read it. Read it briefly. I'll read it briefly. Okay. 2022 FIFA World Cup Qatar uh, Soccer features 300-card base set. Also, look for these randomly inserted cards. 
<laughs> base prism, silver, hyper, ice, pink. Base prisms, red, blue, purple, red. Red mojo, blue mojo, purple mojo, orange, maroon, gold, green, black. Uh, scorers club. Can I say this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Cardboard Connections uh, checklist doesn't specify if there is any parallels. Right. And for other subsets, they do specify there's parallels. Okay. But for manga and national landmarks, there's nothing. Yeah. And I can't remember what the other one, colour wheel. I'm disappointed personally. Look at this. You get this little kind of infinity symbol here for Qatar. Where's Laib? That is Laib. That's Laib? Yes. That's not Laib. No, I think it is. Laib looks like a manta ray. No, I know, but I think Laib goes into that shape, I think. Laib can, can, can shift forms. We're going to find out when the oh World Cup starts. Oh, my God. Someone said uh, it's really ironic that the, the the mascot for the 2022 World Cup is a ghost. I'm going to just search to see what my man Laib is up to these days. Laib. If you don't know who Laib is, I have to ask you to just just listen to the podcast more frequently. Because you're missing out. No, look. Laib is never rendered like that. This is a this is like an abstraction of Laib. But is it not like similar? They're both kind of that mm, material. Uh, no, Laib has his has the band on his head. Wait there, see the one there with the logos. Is Laib in the middle of the logos? No, he's yeah, he's not the logo. He All that's right, the fine. there's the logo, and fine. then there's the. Okay, Laib is, but I want I don't want to see the logo. I want to see Laib. I want to be able to hit a Laib. Yeah, I was gonna say that. I like that. Someone hit like um, this is this is actually important. Yeah. Someone hit an of 10 Qatar badge, team badge. Right. And they were saying it like it was bad, but I think team badges long term are very good, especially yeah. if it's the first Prism team badge. you got to sell that to see their hollow cards. He's looking for all the numbered Qatar. Sure. But like, that's, that's, that's cool. Like, I, I actually, those would be something like, if we hit a team badge in this, great colored team badge, yep. I'd be very happy. That'd be wonderful. Because you'd like to think a collector in Qatar or a collector in somewhere at some point in time in the future is going to be like, that's cool. I'd I like that. It. Exactly. Yeah. You can imagine there in the old uh, Qatar Sports Museum, they have all the team badges from prison oh. on a display. The colour wheel subset, yeah, there's less people in it. Florian Verts is in it, and you know, he's not going to go into the World Cup. Mm. Yeah, that also doesn't specify parallels, but again, it could be kind of a secret parallel thing. Though. It could be. It'll get hit. And we'll find out, there's enough of being ripped that we'll find out soon enough. Like if they created manga and they just, for no reason whatsoever, decided we're not going to make any of these numbers. Yeah. Why? Like, why though? Why not? I don't know. Why does Matthew Hoppy have a star beside his name? Let's go to your football week. Um, because we've had some squad announcements okay. uh, that we didn't have. So, I'd like to start with the England squad. Here's the England squad for the World Cup 2022. And the squad's a 26-man instead of 23-man. As okay. is usual, I believe. Maybe that's always. I think it's all. I think it's all, usually twenty three. This is twenty six. All right, here we go. Uh, twenty twenty two World Cup England squad goalkeepers: Jordan Pickford of Everton, Nick Pope of Newcastle, Aaron Ramsdale of Arsenal. Jordan Pickford is Gareth Southgate's number one and has been for a long time. Defenders. This is an interesting one because he's, uh, Ben Chilwell is injured. Reese James is injured. Um. And a couple of others are in and around the squad. So let's see. So Trent Alexander-Arnold, he was a, there was talk as to whether or not he would go. Yeah. But because uh, there's so many injured right-backs and injured defenders in general, Trent is going. Connor Cody, 
uh, formerly of Wolves, now of Everton. Fine. Eric Dyer of Tottenham. Uh, Harry Maguire. Uh, Luke Shaw, who suddenly becomes crucial because Ben Chilwell isn't there. So Luke Shaw, presumably, is going to play mm. all the time. Unless Kyle Walker, maybe, who's also there. Kyle Walker could play left back. Uh, John Stones of Manchester City. Kieran Trippier of Newcastle. And Benjamin White of Arsenal, who can play right back or centre back. That seems to me to be like, as good a kind of defence no, as really you would. You don't, no, I mean, like. I think one of the beefs of that tournament could be Trent being on the bench. Yeah. Could be a lot of clamouring. But we'll see what. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Midfielders. This is this is an interesting one. This is uh this is interesting. Right, first of all, do 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 Jude Bellingham. A very, very exciting. The hobby the hobby uh, rejoices. Wonder child himself wonder kid himself. Yeah, the hobby rejoices for the Jude class has been validated by Jude going to the World Cup. We're not just speculating on youths, we have pointed out someone who has genuine talent. Yes. Um Connor Gallagher. Of of Chelsea, that one I don't like. He's a yeah, a very. I'll say this: he's a very Gareth Southgate midfielder. I just don't like that one. Jordan Henderson, who you need because looking at everyone else, yeah, it's a, not, you know he's experienced. Uh, Mason Mount, yeah, fine. Uh, Calvin Phillips, who just got back to fitness, risky, risky, but when you have twenty six men. And you and you and you play with two defensive midfielders. You need another defensive midfielder. But they left somebody out. Um, Declan Rice, brilliant. And they're very lucky. Uh, Declan Rice, not just and that's all the midfielders. Well, there's kind of a few forwards that could be midfielders, but mm. um, yeah. So there you go. That's your midfield. Uh, you were saying about James Ward Prowse. James Ward Prowse. Uh, maybe should have had a show in. Yeah, I think when, when England are winning a knockout game and all they need to do is hold on to the ball, having James Wood-Prowse would, would be a huge asset to them. So to be honest, I'm happy they left him at home. Mm. Leave the Connor, Connor Gallagher, see what he gets up to. Yep, let's see what he need to hold the ball against Germany. <laughs> and he's running around like... I mean, I think Jude... I'm so excited for Jude. Mm. I just think what he has done... Well, it just seemed ridiculous that he was even going to Dortmund from Birmingham City when he was 16. Yeah. And then he's just he's kicked on. He's just kicked on year on year. I think he could be starting one of their first games. I think he could be. I wouldn't be surprised if if I think no. I think the first opening game. I think Gareth Southgate is going to be very yeah. Hendo maybe negative. I would say you know, right. It's going to be Hendo. It's going to be Declan and yeah. Mount. Yeah. Okay. Forwards. Um. And again, these some of these could play multiple different positions. Phil Foden. Great. Fine. Superstar. It's funny that that's fine. He's just playing at such a high level for so long that yeah. you don't even have that same kind of energy towards him. No, because he's just like, plays for Man City. Plays Pep, huge games. Raised by Pep. He's fine. He's fine. Uh, Jack Grealish. Okay. Provides something different they always say about Jack Grealish. Yeah. I wish they mean doesn't score any goals or get any assists. That's yeah. very different. But runs around the place. Runs around the place. Has a bit of a... Uh. Yeah. Um, Harry Kane. Captain Harry Kane. Yeah, hopefully he's yeah. fit. Golden boot at the last World Cup. He's been unfit since 2018. So that's yeah. hopefully... Um, he doesn't have a doesn't have Gibraltar and the likes and his, 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 <laughs> I know it wasn't Gibraltar but who was it it was Panama Panama Tunisia yeah and somebody else yeah uh, we'll look at the golden boot this year Kane James Madison who people have been clamouring clamouring uh, to get into and luckily Leicester hit a bit of form Ooh. just a few weeks before mostly driven by James Madison and Harry Barnes so James Madison was able to get in um, there's your there's your free kick uh, specialist well, but Harry Kane's going to want to take the free kicks anyway. So. Kieran Trippier. 
Kieran Trippier is also yeah, James Ward Prowse could if he was brought. If he was brought, that's why he wasn't brought. Because then it's like now we have four guys who can take free kicks. What's this? Imagine having good penalty takers. Yeah, uh, Marcus Rashford, who again three months ago yeah. wasn't in the conversation. No, hit a bit of form and someone good off speedy, very speedy off the left. It gives him so like you can understand pick it up. And again, crucially, has been a part of Gareth Southgate is like he has a an, a, an old guard. Yeah, there's like a great inertia to Gareth Southgate. One, the players he's picked, it takes an awful lot of force to slow them down. He's they're going. Unless there's a reason why they cannot go, they're gone. Harry Maguire's not even playing and he's going. Um, uh, Bukayo Saka, fantastic form. Forrest, not the minute. Raheem Sterling, who that's a classic example of is going because he's a Gareth Southgate player and not based on form. Yeah. Um, And then, very interesting one. People were talking about, should uh, Ivan Tony Tony go? Should, um, I can't think of another example, go? But, one of the shouts was Newcastle's Callum Wilson and Callum Wilson is going. He got picked. That's really big. To deputise for Harry Kane at centre forward. Because um, you look at that, no, oh, Tammy Abraham was who, the other person yeah, I was thinking yeah. of. Uh, who is the centre forward? Because like, if Harry Kane gets injured, none of the rest of them really, you don't want any of them playing through the middle. No. Um, so Callum Wilson is going as... He's very injury prone. Though. Very injury prone. He just has to survive for four weeks. Um. But there you go. I think that I think he's a very good backup option. No, I think it's brilliant. And you'd like to see him get minutes. Yeah, so we'll see what happens uh, with that. Overall, like, one thing I was thinking about reading these World Cup squads was, like, they always seem... It always seems like kind of a a more complicated thing than it is. But then when, mm. the, when the squads come out, like, you're kind of clamoring over the England squad and all this talk about it. He should be in, he should be out, why is he there? But then you look at that squad and you go... I mean, yeah, they're kind of like with Brazil. It's like, yeah, I mean, at a certain point, you just have to pick a player. Yeah, someone has to get left. Someone has to get left. But I think Conor Gallagher over Ward Prowse was weird. Yeah. That's that's the only thing I think I'd make different there, really. Yeah. That's probably just a big club bias. But, yeah, but I know that's like you could say, James Ward, listen, if you just moved club, instead yeah. of sticking in Southampton, if you just moved somewhere, you'd have been. Yeah. You'd have been playing for England. But. I mean, who really there doesn't. I mean. I'm trying to think who doesn't play for a top, 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 top club. Callum Wilson. Callum Wilson, Jordan Pickford, Nick Pope. Phil Foden and Jack Grealish. Hey. Hey, go on. Um, go on, so. Very good. But so, like, what about like Aaron Ramsdale? Would you have him as your number one? Um, I personally would have Ramsdale or Pope over Pickford because I think Pickford, although he's calmed down a bit, is just too a- a- accident prone. Yeah. I just wouldn't feel confident. <clears throat> yeah. The same way, but like Tamori actually, excuse me. Yeah. I mean, I want to say he should be in there. Like he should be in there if Gareth Southgate was the manager, but he is the manager. So if he was in there, he wouldn't be playing. Yeah. Do you know? Like you could say, like it matters. Like, Maguire will start. Unless, yeah, I mean, like I mean, John Stones will start, and it'll either be. Looking at that, if you're if really as a, as a, if I could be Gareth Southgate for a second, I'm playing. Would you put on the the blazer, the sweater? Yeah, and and the uh, the the waistcoat and all. Yeah, the waistcoat and a big wide tie. I'm going uh, cent- three centre halves: Maguire, Dyer, and John Stones. Uh, Kieran Trippier at right wing back, Luke Shaw at left wing back. Two defensive midfielders, three attackers. Bob's your uncle. Here we go. Go win the World Cup. Go win the World Cup. You're telling me Kieran Trippier at right wing back? You wouldn't have Trent. Oh, imagine Trent at right wing back in a World Cup. He'd be all over the place. But he could. Unless you had, unless you, I don't hear if there's one tactical solution I could offer you for having Trent at right wing back. If you have uh, Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice in the hole. No, if you have Kyle Walker, 
as a centre back. Right centre back. He well, can cover that space yeah, in If behind. he's fit enough to do that, that's definitely something. Because yeah. could Trippier not go left back? He could do, yeah. Because I don't really. But I think it. I think Southgate likes Luke Shaw. I know, but Luke Shaw depends what fucking time of the week it is. Yeah. If he's fat or if he's not. Oh my god. He literally, he literally as soon as Alex Teller signed, he yeah. fittened up and got his place he, back. He's a player who. As soon who's as Masia started playing well, he fittened up, got his left back. Yeah. I don't see a left back giving him any challenge in the England squad, and I think that could result in him being terrible. Yeah. Also, Bukayo Saka sometimes plays uh, wing back for Gareth Southgate. That would be mental. Um, so we'll have to wait. It's a see. grand squad. Like, it's a grand squad. You, you can pick holes. You can say this player, this player, but in general. Ultimately, it's fine. Like ultimately, it's fine. But ultimately, it's about the style of play. Is he going to play defensively? Is he going to let the yeah. attackers attack? Is he going to play expansive football? Are they going to get on the ball? And they have three group game matches where they should be the favorite and should dominate. Yeah, but they don't want to and should play sparkling football. But will they? Mm. But it's a good tournament team, to be fair. Yes, as we've seen the last two tournaments. A slightly more glamorous squad uh, just across the English Channel in France. Uh, France, I'm going to tell you the squad now. So, in goal, we have Hugo Lloris, deputised by Alphonse Ariola and Steve Mandanda. I feel like Mandanda has been around for years. Oh, he's, he's been, never. Mike Mangan's still injured, I assume. Yeah, he is, yeah. Nah. Um, he's the next. French he's the next keeper. one. Next one up. The this next will be Lloris's last. Yeah, the next World Cup, it's going to be Mike Mangan in goal. Yeah. Um, left back, we have the Hernandez brothers, Teo and, and Lucas. I think Lucas probably play... Inside the back. Inside the back. I hope Teo starts for them left back. Um, be a disgrace if he doesn't. He's well, the best left back I've ever seen in my life. Very interestingly, uh, Ferran Mendy of Real Madrid was not selected. Oh. So the, the left, it's either Lucas or Teo playing left back. That's big respect for Teo. Teo has been out on the outskirts of the French yeah. team for a long time and being one of Milan's best players for a long time. Now he's the captain, uh, one of the captains. And yeah, I, I honestly watching France when we've seen them like, mm. they need an attacking fullback to kind of free up space for their attackers yep Um. okay this is a crazy centre half uh, depth I presume with this he must be playing, thinking of playing a back three because there's too many centre halves so yeah. he's not playing back three uh, Kempembe Jules Kunde, William Saliba Rafa Varane uh, Ibrahim Konate and Dio Upamecano that is just Ooh. you know I mean but in fairness I think Fran's like semi-injured, so you can Fran kind of count semi-injured. him in and out. And then I look at everyone else. Kunde I like. Saliba's playing well. I, I don't know. I just worry about leadership a little bit and that. Yeah, like if Fran's not fit, I think the two centre-backs is going to be real difficult. Yeah, and if it's three centre-backs like we saw in Denmark, and it's yeah. three young centre-backs playing international football. I think Lucas Hernandez will be beside Teo Hernandez. I think if it was me, I'm playing both Hernandez brothers. Yeah. Because if Lucas is playing, kind of like in that Kyle Walker thing we just talked about, if he's playing outside of the centre defence on the left let Teo go for a run yeah. Lucas can cover it but I don't think if it's if it's, if it's Teo, Lucas Varane and one of the other ones I don't even know who I'd pick to be yeah. honest but is Kimpembe there? yeah Kimpembe's there probably yeah. him yeah and then Pavard on the right I think I'd be really happy with that as a balance yeah but even this graphic seems to show France as a back four yeah it's strange uh, Pavard is the only right back but uh, Jules Conde can also play right back I believe um, okay now into the uh, midfield this is very interesting. Pogba's injured. Kante's injured. See, Pogba put up a video of him jumping around on his knee. On his knee. Like, I'm grand. Yeah. That's why your knees, bro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dancing from the first place. So we have, in the defensive midfield, we have uh, Fafana from Monaco and Jordan Beratou, who was at Roma and is now in Marseille, I think. Then you have uh, Eduardo Camavinga, mm-hmm. Adrian Rabiot, 
uh, Chiumeni and Guendouzi. Now I look at that midfield. Very strange <laughs> noise there for a second. I look at that midfield. It's missing. And it's Adrian Rabin, Adrian Rabio is the is the the, the the midfield general. Yeah, the elder statesman. And I worry deeply, deeply. But they lost Kante, they lost Pogba. Yeah, Matuidi obviously isn't isn't around anymore. Yeah, uh, knocking about. Is there anyone that screams that it's missing? Like, is there anyone? I don't know who I would. I, I see. I don't know who I would pick that isn't there. I just. I just. No, know. like it's it's really being left up to the young. Yeah, the youngsters. Like I expect Camavinga to a many. Like one of them is definitely starting. Probably both. Yeah, I think I think Chiumeni has had a better time than Camavinga this season in terms of Real Madrid. I think yeah. he'll probably want to put him in. But then you're probably looking as well. You're going like, do I want two of my like Veritu is not as good a player as them, but he's an old head, not yeah. at international level, but at, at club level. You know, um, that'll be interesting. Yeah, uh, French's midfield has question marks. So far, the spine of the team lacks experience. True. That's the main thing that's jumping out to me. Now, up front, it's a totally different story. You have uh, Kylian Mbappe, a Kingsley Coman, who is in there as a kind of a, a, a Marcus Rashford-style selection, yeah, yeah. Raheem Sterling-style selection, the manager's pick. Um, Christopher Nkunku, who's been on fire. Um, I may not get to play at all. That's a sad part. Yeah. Uh, Very sad. Karim Benzema hasn't been playing for Real Madrid in the lead-up to the World Cup, so his... Fitness is is kind of under question, but presumably fine. Olivier Giroud has been in fantastic form for Milan, oh, unbelievable, and is very close to being France's all time scorer. Yeah, um, if not, I don't think he's there yet. True, he's not. I don't think so. I don't think so. And then you have Antoine Griezmann, uh, who Deschamps loves, and Ousmane Dembele, who obviously was part of the World Cup winning team. Oh, look at that! Yeah, and I say the I think Giroud's form and just how he plays as a target man. Yeah, unbelievable. Obviously, Benzema really links play. Well I mean, those well. who have had those who have had a lot of uh, uh, a war of words, but because they both they realize that they're, they're competing for the same so spot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they can't necessarily play together. I don't think. No. And so I'm thinking of this. I'm thinking you have centre backs that you know that, that and the the midfield spine, right? So the central spine kind of dodgy, kind of mm. frail. Then you get to the front five, six players that can play in that front three. Mm. And, you know, you have Mbappe who wants to be the superstar. You have Nkunku who's played really well but probably would be sitting on the bench. Yeah. Coman who people are kind of looking at going, why are you here? But he's mm-hmm. also like, I've won a league title every year in my career. Don't question me. Yeah. You have Benzema who's in, who just won the Ballon d'Or and almost has to start. But then you have Giroud who is a phenomenal player. And who the whole team functions around. Yeah, I know. Very well. Who Mbappe likes playing with. No, for, no everyone likes yeah. playing. But of course, Benzema, everyone likes playing with him as well. So it's really yeah. hard. So that they just, even though that's a beautiful problem to have, it's a problem. It is a problem. It's not settled. And then you look at Griezmann, who in the 2018 World Cup, everything kind of went through him. Yeah. He was on every free kick. He was, you know. And as far as Deschamps is concerned, that's still the he's case. the man. Yeah. And then obviously Dembele, who's in great form, but as we've seen, his decision making in the final third is shocking. Yeah. So it's like, they have all the ingredients for a great, tournament but they have all the ingredients of a complete capitulation this 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 strikes so the thing about france is right so no team has retained the world cup since 1962 and um, the last time france won the world cup in 1998 and they had a horrible tournament the following time this for me has all of the Can i say after 2006 when they got to the final yeah. lost to italy of course the 2010 world cup after they got 
they only got there by the handball yeah. versus Ireland if yeah. you remember that I do I talked about Italy win the World Cup I talked about the handball I really and then they had a disastrous 2010 yeah. karma yeah yeah karma um, it, this has all the makings of an implosion is what I'm saying yeah I know yeah. I agree with that now the only thing is I'll say there's talented players that's kind of something they've lacked in, in the years after the other World Cups yeah they have a hugely talented squad players that are on really good form whether it's Mbappe uh, Benzema or Teo Hernandez yeah Camavinga to a many such talented young players but yeah if France went out early it wouldn't shock but like they're in a group with Denmark who and beat having, them twice who already beat them twice already and having seen can I say 99% of the World Cup watchers are going to be like France have beat Denmark and are fully unaware of the fact that Denmark have beaten France twice recently. yeah and like watching like if, if Denmark beat France people are going to be like huge World Cup upset yeah. like all the media the outlet. magic of the World Cup can it's you like, believe it's yeah. small nation like Denmark and it's yeah. like this has happened twice yeah in the last 12 months because I can see Denmark being the exact opposite of France having the opposite problem mm. less talented players but it, they know exactly what they're doing they all want to play for each other yeah the manager could name his starting 11 today yeah and and the people that don't play will have no problem coming on as it's all you know it's a real squad they're going with a mission a joint mission yeah and in tournament football as we've seen with like Greece winning the Euros or, or whatever it may be that's key uh, Iceland at the at the Euros and all that like it that's key you know that like that kind of cohesiveness can of, often be more effective than talent. Now the thing about France is, like you just said, the thing about France, it has all the ingredients for an implosion. But of course, any one of five players of them, Could Mbappe carry the team. Yeah, Mbappe, Benzema, Nkunku in the form he's in. Like, you like to fancy them being able to beat. Tunisia and Australia now Australia come to a World Cup with fire in their bellies yeah but they could eat, like France could easily like Mbappe could win the World Cup on his own no for sure you know so that's the whole thing is like it's confusing I think I think we're just saying they need to like in fairness if you stick if say if they play the back four if you stick Varane beside Upamecano or Kimembe that could become an extremely yeah. solid two yeah you don't need to worry about that and then the spine can kind of work itself out a little bit in the midfield but you'd imagine the likes of Griezmann might drop a bit deep to help them I, out I was thinking if I was Didier Deschamps, I'd probably play Griezmann in a mid- as in one a of the midfield three. Oh. Because he's played there a little bit and I put him in the eight position because he can kind of push up, like let him kind of operate half as an I eight. I think half you have too down. much faith in Griezmann. No, I could, otherwise he's gonna, what's going to happen is he's going to keep dropping back. Yeah. And so is You're him. losing a lot up front. You're losing a lot. Because like we saw against Denmark and what we've seen in other matches with France is they're all coming back to get the ball. Yeah. You can't all come back. I honestly think Mbappe needs to play on the right, which is not going to happen, but no, that's no. key. If that happened, like I just think that's important. I think I mean, at, at least I want to see him swatch wing, swap wings at some point in the game. Yeah, because I do think that's where he'd have more. I time. have a lot of. I can see Mbappe doing this on the on the on the on the on the left wing on his yeah. own, going like head dropping like twenty minutes into the first game. Oh my god! <laughs> no, but that's it. If if France lose their first game, there's going to be so much pressure. Yeah, but to be honest, I think the choice between Benzema and Giroud is an impossible choice because Benzema again, Ballon d'Or winner, incredible, incredible, incredible. Yeah. But Giroud and wasn't just, at the last World Cup. I know, so you don't even know. Like Giroud did not score a goal in the last World Cup as their starting striker in every single game, and they won the World Cup. So imagine the fact that we even have the conversation is a testament to. But the fact that they won the World Cup without him even scoring yeah. shows that he did a really good job. Like he, you know, yeah. But that that's the impossible choice. Like that's I honestly think as a manager, Giroud, as a tournament, Giroud would result in a much better run. Yeah, but the same like you see, Benzema. Like, Benzema like, had an amazing Euros, and what happened? Yeah, they got knocked out. Yeah. And he yeah. scored lots of goals. He scored two, three goals in a few games. He's best player on the, on, on, on the team. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. So. <laughs> Problems. Stuff. Can I say though, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm in it. It's 10 days away. I'm, I'm and you're, you're fully It's, it's going to be incredible. I know it's in Qatar, blah, blah, blah. But 
it's going to be a festival of football. It's going to be so fun to watch. Okay. Um, so, uh, the USA. Um, right, this is one that was talked about endlessly. The Americans are, 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 are losing it. Um, they haven't been at the World Cup. Since 2014, is it? Yeah, I think so. They missed 2018, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Or maybe it was 2010, the last one they were at. I can't remember. All right, here we go. The United States roster... Uh, for the 2022 FIFA World Cup. Goalkeepers. Ethan Horvath of Luton Town, who had a... Ethan Horvath had a penalty save or something in their CONCACAF Gold Cup final in Mexico. So that was a big... He's kind of a national hero, I guess. Uh, Sean Johnson of New York City FC, who I'm reliably informed is fine. And Matt Turner of Arsenal, who is a very good shot stopper. Doesn't play that much for Arsenal. I don't know who the number one is. Do you know who the number one is? I think it's probably Matt Turner. I think so. Uh, okay, defenders. Now this is something that they were having a big kind of thing over. And again, this is the this is the roster that I'm least familiar with of all of these. Yeah, I don't know all these players. Cameron Carter Vickers uh, playing for Celtic. I've seen him a bit. He's very good in the Scottish League. They haven't been so good in the Champions League. How much of that is down to him? How much of it isn't? I don't know. But I think he's a very solid choice. Uh, Serginho Dest of AC Milan. Has he played that much since he went to, went to Milan? Who? Dest. Sergio Dest. Oh, you hate seeing him play. Okay. But uh, he's got on a few times, yeah. Right, but not lighting the world on no. fire. Not setting the world he on fire. He the ball over the box. That's the last thing I remember in a, in a crunch moment. Uh, Aaron Long of the New York Red Bulls, who everyone says is crap, but must be at least okay. <laughs> uh, he's very passionate about the team. Yeah. Uh, Shaq Moore of Nashville SC. I think Shaq Moore used to play for either Abar or Levante. Because I remember seeing him and going, why is he playing for them? I think it was Levante. Give me his name. Shackmore, uh, S-H-A-Q-M-O-O-R-E. Shackmore, yeah. How do you know what, he, what he's been up to in now his Now plays career. for the expansion team, Nashville SC, in the MLS. Who did you say you thought he played for? Levante. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From 20, 2016, he was in Levante B, up until 2019, but in 2017 to 19, he was he made six appearances for Levante. <laughs> I saw probably all six. Yeah, that's shocking. <laughs> he also played for Hurricane in 2015. Okay. Is that Argentina? No, I think that's also in Spain. Oh. It, yeah. And he's also, he's more so he's played for Tenerife. Yeah. Um, and he was in Nashville. Yeah, you're correct there, Jason. Right. Uh, two Fulham defenders. Uh, Tim Ream, who uh, was uh, their his Fulham captain. He was very good in the last season championship. is very good now. Is Fulham are like eight or something in the Premier League. Uh, Anthony Robinson, who they call Jedi at right back. Um, Joe Scally the Brush and Munch and Gladback left back people made a very good point with Joe Scally I can't remember who it was I saw a good Twitter thread but basically they were saying Joe Scally is 19 and is the undisputed starting full back for starting left back for Brush and Munch and Gladback in a different generation of the USA Joe Scally would be like held up as this is the guy he's 19 he plays in the Bundesliga every week he's super talented and yet it goes to show the depth of their squad yeah and but like it, it, back in the day, like he would have been the left back, but they they would have played the way some nations do have him as a CM, like, like kind of like a, Alfonso Davies or yeah. yeah, David Alaba kind of thing. Uh, DeAndre exactly. Yedlin, who's into Miami. Wow, he's an old head. He's been around a while. And Walker Zimmerman of Nashville. That's Walker Zimmerman, as far as I know. The fella there. Do you think so? I think so. Yeah. Uh, okay, midfielders. A lot of MLS, and that's something that I heard all out throughout the right. Uh, Brendan Aronson Leeds United we know him he's a good player happy enough with that uh, Kellen Acosta 
who was apparently supposed to move to Europe a while ago, never did. He's now at LAFC. He's a he's a MLS Cup champion, twenty twenty two. Yeah. Fine. Scored in the final. Uh, been described as a Swiss Army knife. He can do a lot of different things. Do a few bits. Team. Kelly Acosta. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Adams uh, of Leeds United again very good seen a lot of him when he was at Leipzig midfield down in general yeah he's probably the best talented player or no that's that's tough to say they actually have a good midfield yeah but he's in in defensive midfield you leave him there he'll look after it kind of thing you're not not worried like and also the crucial thing is if it's like let's say he's playing England and he's facing uh, he's facing Declan Rice and Henderson Henderson and Mount Tyler Adams is not like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I'm scared. He's fine. He'd be pinging some lateral passes. Yeah. He'd, be, he'd be, you know, has exactly. a bit of quality getting it to the attack. Uh, Luca Della Torre, uh, who's at Celta Vigo now, who has had a very circuitous route. He's been at Heracles and Netherlands and everything like that, but is kind of a, he's living the American dream. He worked his way up, pulled himself up by his bootstraps. Now he's at the World Cup. Uh, Weston McKenney of Juventus. Yeah. Who I've never been able to figure out much about. He is decent, a little bit of a midfield general, but um, yeah, I think he'd be starting. I think he's an important player, but yeah, a leader. It's hard to know. He's got a good he's, goal in him. Yeah, no, he has. That's what I'm saying. He has a bit to him. He could be yeah. one of the USA superstars. But like, yeah, they have a lot of midfielders. Yeah, Yunus Musa for Valencia is having a good season. Yeah. Um, there was talk of him. You know, he has he could play for England and all that stuff. So he's genuinely. Do you think uh, the midfield will look like West McKennie, Musa, Tyler Adams, or what do you think? I think it'll probably be. Like I'm assuming there's a three midfield. I think. I think so. I think so. I'm probably going to Tyler Adams, uh, Weston McKenney, and somebody else. Either Aronson or Musa. Yeah. Obviously, like Aronson's so much creativity, but. Yeah. And yeah, but look at the, like Kelly Acosta. They, they have. I think they'll be using a lot of their subs. There'll be a lot of their midfielders yeah. coming in now, changing around. Okay, forwards. This is the most controversial of all Area. of the areas. So the forwards are uh, Jesus Ferreira of uh, FC Dallas, uh, Jordan Morris of the Seattle Sounders. Would you would you Google something for me? Yeah. Was Jordan Morris at loan on Swansea on loan at Swansea last year or the year before, or that did I have a, a stroke? That's a six. That I hope he wasn't. <laughs> I really hope he wasn't. Oh God. I think I remember him lumbering around Swansea City. Four games he played. You caught I saw them all. He <laughs> saw them all. Twenty twenty one. He was it was Swansea City for yeah, four games. Didn't get right. a goal. Didn't get a goal. That was oh my God. He was shocking. He has eleven goals for the United States in forty nine caps. Yeah. He's been around a long time. Um, so he's going on, I guess, on the base of his form with the Seattle Sounders. <clears throat> uh, Christian Pulisic of Chelsea. Captain America. Still 24 years of age. Saw him last night against Man City in the League Cup. Wasn't up to much. He missed a couple. I was literally watching it going, this is your, this is the guy. This is the guy who's going to play every minute of every game. This fella Ify. can't hit a barn door. But he's stressed. He has the weight of the soccer. He's the LeBron James of soccer. It's not easy. I know. It's like LeBron with the Lakers. You're carrying the team. It's not easy. I imagine doing that without that talent. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just, I just, it's just decision making. But the, the thing I'm seeing, I would love to get the average age of this squad. Yeah, it's young. It's young. Youngest squad at the World Cup, I believe. Doesn't shock me. Um, so Christian Pulisic, the thing is, he's so frustrating because he's so good, and it's just that it's like imagine if Usman Dembele was France's best player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be like that. It's like, he's brilliant, except most of the time when he's shy. 21 goals for the National team. Uh, I know, States. and he's a, a talisman for the National team. Yeah, it's one of those. He performs better maybe at, at international level. Yeah. Maybe because it's hard at Chelsea where you're not like the guy. And you only get to play bit parts. And it's a lot of pressure. But at America, it's like, you're the leader. Do what you want. Here we go. 
Right, then Gio Reyna, Borussia Dortmund, who people tell us is the most talented of them all. Just 19. Just 19. Can do everything, they say, except play 90 minutes twice in a row. Oh, my God. <laughs> this guy can do everything as long as you don't need him more than three times a month. No, dude, what I'm seeing here, stop that. What I'm seeing here, just I'm looking at the squad myself, is so many young, talented players that are uncut. They're rough. They're not, I don't want to say uncut diamonds because they're not diamonds. But <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? They're, they're, just, they're just rough. <laughs> they're just rough. This is a ragtag group of youths yeah. that are trying to get a bit of a bit of yeah. soccer talent. But it's just... Don't mind, like 2026 is going to be great, but like 2030. Yes, this is a start. This is such a good start, though. Yeah. If you're going up to, like, it's like if you're entering the World Cup as the youngest team, there's talent here, you know, you might. Don't do, worry about it. You might do terrible. But Just enjoy it. You, it you, better, you better to do terrible with a lot of young, talented players that may or may not be good. Yeah. Than to be showing up a lot of veterans that are terrible, that are, we know are not good. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. I'm, I just hope they do well. Do you know nah, what I mean? No, they won't. <laughs> I've gotten it's become harder and harder for me to pretend it like they will as the World Cup has gotten yeah, closer. It's gonna be a rough. Well, like Iran are just gonna be drilled. Iran are just so well. Mediterranean is better than any of the US forwards. Oh uh, my god, no one likes to hear that. And that's basically all I have to say on that. And in Wales, and Carlos Queiroz is a better manager than Greg Berhalter. So fundamentally true. So with those two facts mixed in with England being in the group and I mixed in with a Wales team that have kind of become a bit of a tournament team they're and, experienced they've, and they're, they're, they're tournament specialists and they have like you know like dragon fire running through them they're like you know like, Wales, like that's the thing like the United States look at that group and go like we should be able to come second but like Wales look at that group going we're coming second yeah because like United States Wales are looking at that one we're going to chip England and we're going to come first yeah we should they're thinking the Americans thinking we're going to be here every year from now on yeah. Wales are like we haven't been here since 1958 and we don't know when we're going to get back here again. Yeah. This it's, is it. Gareth Bale is like, it's now. Yeah. Like, he looks so disinterested at club level for years. But, like, you're going to see a, a man. But, like, what Gareth Bale could do at this tournament. And what he does, like, we see him when he watches it, when he plays for the national team. He, like, he scores goals from 40 yards out. He does bicycle kicks. He's scoring, like, mad floating headers. He scores direct free kicks people when he needs ready. to. Yeah, people aren't ready. He just goes, like, do we need to? Oh, okay, fine. I'll just score. You've seen it in the, the last seconds of yeah. the MLS Cup. He said, listen. I'll he's I'll he's a clutch this. player. Oh my god! But uh, yeah, to be honest, it's exciting. I'm excited for for that group. But I do think either the United States could do something incredible, yeah, and get out of it, yeah. But I genuinely don't like a lot of people are like, that's the bare minimum. Is we have we get if we don't get out yeah. of this group, not nah, like, and that's what scares me. Because yeah, I mean that's it. I think if you're if you're from the United States, especially you go to the Olympics, you're expecting to win most of the gold medals. Mm. Do you know? I don't think anyone. A lot of people from the United States, especially the casuals, which is a sad thing, the people that we could get in fully. Yeah, we know at, that pretty much everyone listening to this podcast is understand. not. Yeah, we're not. We're not you're, you're hopeful as you should be going into World Cup as everyone should. Of course, be. should be optimistic. Yeah. Um, and like we've seen it before, like Costa Rica got out of the group with Italy, mm. and but you know these things happen. It can happen, yeah. But it's like if you're going into this tournament saying, if we lose three games and go home, which of course would be devastating. Yeah. But it's not like it wouldn't be. Like it wouldn't be like the most shocking thing no. either which is the thing but it's a tight group like it's actually a competitive group I would say I think if you lost to England and drew with the other two you had go a home with your head held high fair yeah you lose three you, you did something yeah. wrong but don't like are they against their first game is against Wales uh, yeah <sighs> to finish off the roster here we have Josh Sargent of Norwich City 
formerly of Werder Bremen, went to Norwich City, didn't have a great time, and is now as productive as Timo Pukki is at Norwich City, which is like stratospheric oh. levels of yeah, production. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have uh, Tim Weah of Lille. And you have Haji Wright of Antalya Spore in Turkey. So a couple of big omissions there. Yeah. One is Jordan Pifok of, of Union Berlin, um, who must be thinking that Greg Berhalter can go on Jordan Pifok himself. Um, he's, he's scoring loads of goals for Union Berlin. They're, yeah. top of the, they're second they in the Bundesliga. The they're scoring in the Europa Conference League. He had a great season in Switzerland the season before. I don't know what it is between those two, but Berhalter clearly doesn't like him or trust him. Oof. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Because it can't be form. Uh, and I mean, it's funny because we talked about uh, Gareth Southgate having Gareth Southgate players, yeah. Didier Deschamps having Didier Deschamps players, and now Greg Berhold having Greg Berhold. The difference is that picking Raheem Sterling just because you like him is kind of like, well, he's still Raheem. There's a ceiling, there's a floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, you can pick him, but like you're not picking, uh, you know, you're not picking Harvey Barnes just because you like him. You're not picking Deli Ali and. Do, do you know what I mean? It's like. Oh, he's doing well there. Grab him. It's like you still have to be at a certain level. France, it's Kingsley Coleman. Why are you picking him? He's not in great form. But he's won the league every year of his career. Yeah. You know, fair. Um, I think, I think Pivok deserved, deserved to go, but that's, I don't know, it's between Greg Berhalter and his, his god. Uh, Ricardo Pepe, I would like to know, if anyone has this stat, there's a stat I thought of and then couldn't possibly have spent time researching. Yeah, yeah. I would like to know if there's any other team at the World Cup that isn't bringing their top scorer from World Cup qualification. Oof. Ricardo Pepe was top scorer in World Cup qualification and isn't going to the World Cup. Is there any other team that, do that. that would do that? Without an injury. Without an injury so or some other extenuating circumstance. Yeah. When you put it in those simple terms, I kind of think it doesn't matter. But was that, it was three goals, not the... It's three goals, but it's... You know, was it three though? I think it was three or four, yeah, but yeah. it's probably one or two more than anyone else got. It was definitely one more than anyone else got. So like I honestly like I look at Jordan Morris, I don't know if that's a shocking one to drop. MLS veteran long trusted player for Bear Halter would be shocked to see him start or go a full ninety, but his yeah. energy ability puts himself in dangerous spots. That's like a he, squad pick. He's, yeah, but like for me That's his Danny Alves. No, I know, but this is the thing, like this is stupid. This there's probably another player I should pick out here, but if you took him out, put mm-hmm. Pepe in. Like, he's 28, Pepe's like 16 or something. Because <laughs> if I'm Craig Bearhalter, I'm like, all right, listen. Yeah. We got knocked out, but the average age was 21. Yeah. What do you want me to do? These are kids. They'll develop. Yeah. But as you've said, it's not even about that. That's not the important thing, obviously. Um, He was the top scorer. What do you want him to do? Yeah, but he somewhere it was quoted of saying that he, he chose Jesus Ferreira. It was Ferreira or Pepe. Yeah. And he chose Ferreira. Now, Ferreira, Jesus Ferreira had 18 goals in the MLS. Yeah. He's most consistent, blah blah blah. Like, I, I I watched him play a lot. Yeah, good player, good player, great player. Yeah, you know. Well, I think like Pepe for me is being punished because Bearholder has an MLS thing. He likes he he for some reason. He's like the equivalent of like an English manager that just watches Premier League. Not picking Tamori. Oh, yeah. Because you know sure. that's and again it goes back to you can kind of do that in the Premier League because Connor Cody ultimately can only be so bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The MLS the four is you know so. And not that Ricard, not that Jesus Ferrer is a bad player, but like Pepe to me has been punished for his ambition and his adventure. He went to Augsburg, it didn't work out. They didn't play him. Mm. He pushed for a move then to Groningen and has been scoring in anticipation of getting picked for the World Cup. He's done no, there's nothing wrong but moving yeah. to Germany and trying it out. Oh, I know. You know, and you might say you have Jordan Morris there for 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 leadership, 
what did Jordan Morris know about winning World Cups? Yeah. No more than you or I. Pulisic is your leader. That's yeah. it. It doesn't matter what age he is. Pulisic. I, I, I think... I think this is... Uh, it's a recipe for disaster here as well. I think it's a recipe for just being complete anticlimax. Yeah. They're, they're too young. Like, there's no... The fact that you does not a set starting eleven. Yeah. That's the thing. Like Your centre-back needs to look at the centre-back beside him and be like, we've done this 20 times. Yeah, here we go. You need your right-back and your left-back to be like... Yeah. You need your midfield tree to know what it is. Yeah. You need your front tree to be on the same rhythm. Generally, you want the same... If you, if you did well in qualifying, you want the same squad going into the... He, he was going into qualifying games where it's like this week this qualifier I'm using all players from MLS yeah this qualifier to make like it made yeah. no sense that's not how you do World Cup qualifiers yeah now some of that was because of people couldn't travel and all, but still it's still you still be trying to work towards a settled 11 but having said that yes having said that magic could take place like who you're, I would love Sean Johnson in, in goal <laughs> I've seen him for years in Sean, the MLS Sean Johnson no but I've, I've watched the MLS for yeah. the last 10 years I think he's just been in he is an absolute veteran right in the MLS and he's he's good yeah he's good like yeah well it's like why is Ethan Horvath in there and Ricardo Pepe isn't what's your what's your what's your problem because like Matt Turner doesn't, doesn't really no, no. I look at that I look at that uh, the the the, the forwards because I think ultimately I, I don't know how much in the last what people have watched right because I know a lot of people that listen to this are new to the sport. But I think... But ultimately, a lot of international games are won by one-goal margins. Yeah. It's... A lot of times... Every international team is well-drilled. Everyone knows they want to do Everyone's playing their heart out. Well, not be, everyone. Not everyone. But because of that, uh, there's tight margins. Yeah. And it often comes down to... When it falls to this guy, can he make the decisive action? Oh, but like Jason. Just went, I think... Imagine them lining up, right? Okay. Because they're going to be hungry as well. They, they're coming here with a point to prove, right? Yeah. You have your Serginho Dest, you have your Cameron Vickers, Aaron Long, Anthony Robinson, Joe Scott. Like, these, these are good players. Brendan Aronson, Tyler Adams, Weston McKenney, Yusuf Musa, right? Imagine you're, you're, these are part of the 11 that are on the pitch today. Yeah. Then you have Pulisic, you have Reina, maybe Jesus Ferrer, Tim Weah, Josh Sargent, someone through the middle. Yeah. I think we could see potentially. Some really good counter-attacking out of that team. Tyler Adams, McKenney, box-to-box, Musa as well. Mm-hmm. And just the front three, they, they don't really have a target man so much. Like maybe maybe Jordan Morris more so, but like it looks like they're going to have three kind of runners. Three wingers as the three attackers almost. Mm. They, they, like, like the other nationality, national teams might kind of be like, ah, United States, we'll, we'll get them. I think... like I, Wales could dominate the ball game one and you could see Reina breaking legs on I, a counter. You I just think, don't see it. I think... If they get out of the group, that may be true. But Wales and Iran and England are all teams that also do that. Yeah, but ultimately the quality kind of comes in. I don't think they'll let Weston McKenney and Tyler Adams be passing the ball around for ages and trying to counter them. Well, that's what England, that's what they do against much worse teams. That's the whole thing about Gareth Southgate is he no, has no okay. ambition. And Wales aren't looking at their squad going, we're much better than these lads. They're going, Gareth, you're a lot better than these lads. The rest of you is try and keep it solid. That's true. They're looking at a lot of European players. It's it's a problem because I, I think I think the US have been it's unlucky. Like maybe they should have been drawn against, you know, a Belgium mm. or a Netherlands who are gonna go at them. Go at you a little bit and you can catch them. But you're not gonna get Iran to be ambitious against you. No, yeah, Iran. You'd have to kill them. Yeah. You have to go. It's like 
create a goal in a tight You have to create a goal. But like McKenny could pop up. He could. We're going to be watching this World Cup with absolute enthusiasm. Complete interest. Yeah. Yeah. Complete intrigue. Yeah. That group is kind of one of the craziest groups in it. When you really dig in to what the games are going to be. Not even from an entertainment point of view, but from just purely how is this going to finish? And I might just finish nil-nil. Yeah. I think this is going to be quite a low-scoring group. Well, England could score nine goals anytime they want. That's just smash everybody. It's mental. England could finish that group like with like nine points and a goal difference of like plus twenty. Or they could fucking struggle. Yeah. Ah, oh, and Gareth oh. Bale could be like the person in that group that just killed everyone. Yeah. Had three big games. Um. Right. Let's do Germany before we go. Okay. So Germany and Germany have one of these great things where they always do this. They in their lineups combine midfield and attack, yeah. and you always see Mittelfeld and Abwehr beside each other because the Germans understand the fluidity of modern football and unlike the rest of them they're not trying to impose borders on borderless positions borderless positions so I want to give a lot of I wonder if they did that before Thomas Muller became a thing yeah the Germans had had such they had like advanced notice of modern football yeah Thomas Muller was doing it 10 years before everyone else was doing it okay Germany Uh, goalkeepers Manuel Neuer uh, Ter Stegen and Kevin Trapp Uh, so in goalkeepers Manuel Neuer uh, defense Armel Belakochap, the uh, Southampton uh, centre half, who was a rookie, I think, in 2021 22 Bundesliga sets for Armenia okay. Bielefeld, maybe. Uh, or Bochum. Look that up in your own time, everyone. Uh, Matthias Ginter, uh, Christian Gunter, Tilo Kehrer, who has had an absolutely shocking time since he moved from PSG to West Ham. I wouldn't have picked him. Lucas Klosterman of Warby Leipzig, David Ram of Hoffenheim. Uh, Antonio Rudiger who has not missed a beat since he moved to Real Madrid Nico Schlotterbeck who is at Borussia Dortmund and Niklas Sule also at Borussia Dortmund no Mats Hummels in the defence interesting that makes sense okay then you have midfield and attack I'm going to try and pick out the midfielders first there's there's a name here I love okay so midfield uh, you have Jonas Hoffman you have Joshua Kimmich you have Leon Goretzka you have Julian Brandt uh, you have Ilkay Gundogan that's unbelievable quality. Did you hear they asked Tony Kroos to come back? No. Tony Kroos retired from international football. The German Hansi Flick asked him to come back. And Tony Kroos said, no, thank you. I appreciate the offer, but it's past my time. And I don't, I think there are other players who deserve to be there more. And um, I was talking about this with somebody and they said, imagine you were the player like, you made a mistake. You're like, I'm here because Tony Kroos didn't want to come. And it's like, you hear him saying like, no, no, there's other players that deserve more. Like, they demand the pressure because it's like, ultimately, he's there's Tony Kroos. He's still the best midfielder. He's still the best one. Yeah. Like anyway. he was, I mean, Joshua Kimmich, but, but still, apart from that, it's Tony Kroos. Yeah. So then you have the more attacking uh, people who are Carrie Madiemi of Borussia Dortmund, uh, Niklas Fulkrug of Werder Bremen, calling for him to be uh, uh, picked in in Germany just because if you need to go direct, Full Krug can score a header and stuff like that. Okay. Um, Serge Gnabry. Uh, Mario Goza. Yeah, that's the name I like. It wasn't, you know, you think it might have been, but it was. Right. He hasn't been, I think, called in since 2017, I think. Yeah. Uh, Mario Goza. Obviously won the World Cup for them one year. Revived his career last season at PSV and is now... Um, kind of back in the mix. Yeah, he's played for Eintracht Frankfurt now and he's, and he's back in the mix. He's Very ha- exciting. He's that guy who scored the winning goal in the World Cup final. Against Argentina. Very sad because yeah. Messi was in. But... Then everyone's kind of like, and then he kind of disappeared, and it was yeah. kind of a sad story almost. Because he had he had a terrible uh, illness. Oh yeah, illness, injury, all, all that. Yeah. 
he has so, some sort of autoimmune condition, I think. That's very sad. To, yeah. So to get to get back into a World Cup squad just for him personally on, on an emotional level. Massive. And massive good for the country. Feel good score. That's what I'm saying. Feel good story. Yeah. Uh, Kai Havertz. Um and then you have wow, this is unbelievable. Yusuf Makoko. Congratulations. I mean what a what He's a seventeen what a, what a story this is, by the way. It's unbelievable. Um who was there's two fellas that were injured that, that are the reason Adiemi Makoko got in. I can't think of who it is. But Timo Werner. Timo that was Werner. the that was the big injury that opened up a space for oh. sure in the squad. Yeah. Um Makoko going in off the back of his form. It's so interesting because the reason that he's there is because Marco Rosa did such a bad job with Dortmund that they sacked Marco Rosa and brought in Aiden Terzic, who used to be the academy coach, who likes Makoku, knows Makoku, is a very much a club man, who plays Makoku. And you had uh, Sebastian Haller that uh, got the testicular cancer thing. So he's been out, opened up a space in the Dortmund squad. And so all these kind of like sliding doors moments yeah. have ultimately led to Makoku to Makoku being on the, the World Cup stage, the grandest stage of them all. And to be honest, I, if he can get on, if he can impress, it's just one of those things. He could have one of the big World Cup moments. He could. Because he's he's young enough and and he's and he hasn't had those big worldwide moments yet, so he's young enough that he could have a moment and everyone goes, "Who's this?" And he's yeah, and he's young enough to kind of just play fearlessly, like kind of yeah. a Michael Owen against that goal against Argentina, that kind of a vibe. Hansi Flick just puts him on and says, "Do what you do, do what you do." And he's look he's looking around and instead of being at Dortmund, kind of looking at a few journeys, yeah. going, I don't know, he's looking around. He sees Manuel Neuer in goal. Yeah, sees Rudiger causing havoc. Yeah. You know, sees um, Joshua Kimmage and Igor Gundogan dictating the play. He's like, "Just fine. Yeah, I can do this." Yeah, and then you have Leroy Zane, and then the two players that I I always love seeing for Germany because they have uh, Nagelsmann has them playing as dual number tens at, at Bayern. It's so good. Uh, Musiala and Muller, Jamal Musiala and Thomas Muller. Uh, I just think I love the two of them for different reasons, but yeah. I think Musiala has been the best player in Germany so far this this year. And Thomas Muller is Thomas Muller. It's so funny that Musiala could have the same kind of an impact at the World Cup stage that we're talking about. Mukoku just shows how young both of them are. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, it shows how young Mukoku is that Musiala almost seems like he's not... Musiala seems par- past it. Like, oh, we've all heard of Jamal Musiala. Yeah, but a, like, he... This could is, ha- yeah. He's a teenager. Yeah, he's a teenager. Yeah. So, uh, I, I love good this mix, Good mix squad. of old experience and young talent. Yeah. You can never write off Germany. No. It's a good squad. You can never write off Germany. Um... People may oh, not. Mukoku get some World Cup minutes. Oh, imagine! Oh, imagine whoever bought that. Uh, but like, that it kind of be very happy. Like when you bring kind of an older player, you can kind of leave them on the bench. But I think if you bring a Mukoku, what are you bringing him for? I need to play him. You need to bring him on. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Their group is what Spain, Costa Rica, Japan. So there's no no easy game there. No, there's no easy games. No easy games in international football, people. So there we go. So we'll keep you abreast of all the other squads as time goes by. Uh, tomorrow morning we're off to Munich. Hey. Um so it's our last trip abroad we think until between now and the end of the World Cup. Great. And as soon as uh, World Cup's over we're abroad, Jason. You don't even get your Christmas. Oh, I'm straight up to up to Santa's workshop to get those boxes out to people. That's what I do. Uh, imagine people start writing hobby boxes on their Christmas list and everyone's like, Where'd you get them? Soccercrisunited.com. Ah. Oh. Alright, 